let's just start by taking up our offering today. And uh, I uh, remember what, remember our uh, remember our our phrase our our giving is primarily a form of worship. worship. Amen. Can try that again. Our giving is primarily a form of worship. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Deuteronomy eight eighteen. God was speaking to the Israelites before they entered the promised land. And he said, uh, you know, when you get there, it's going to be good. Right? They were heading into the land of milk and honey. And uh, he said, when you get there, it's going to be good. Everything you need is already prepared for you. You're going to live in houses you didn't build. You're going to, you know, you're going to live and dwell in the land of milk and honey that we've been talking about for 40 years and uh he says but deuteronomy 8 18 but thou shalt remember the lord thy god for he it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth hello Amen. that he may establish his covenant which he sworn to his fathers as it is this day and so that's important that we remember God. Remember that without him, we can't even walk across the floor. Amen. 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 So when we start thinking, well, look what I've done. Look what I've accomplished. And we hang all our shame on the wall for everyone to see. Not that it's shameful to have an MIT degree. That's a very great accomplishment. But as far as, as, far as God is concerned and trying to take credit for things that he's given us the ability and talent and resources to do that's foolishness amen right there's some pro proper perspective right deuteronomy 28 8 said the lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that thou settest thine hand unto and he shall bless thee in the land which the lord thy god hath given thee but just remember it's the him that has given us Everything and anything that we've ever had that was good. Because every good and perfect gift comes down from above. From the Father of lights. In whom there is no darkness or shadow of turning. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Did you take that off me? We'll just pray over all the offerings that come in. In, in, uh, in this setting or online. Which I know most of them do. Or for many of you even giving from other places at other times we bless all of this seed into the kingdom of god for your glory lord for your work and we just thank you for your blessing upon it multiply it for the work of the gospel and we would ask for a hundred thousand fold return to the seed to the sower in jesus name amen amen there was a there was the elderly couple well we all can't expect to live to be 120 and be healthy and happy, so I won't call them elderly. They're only 90. <laughs> but they've been married for 65 years, and strangely enough, they both passed <clears throat> on the same day and went to heaven. In fact, the couple had been very healthy for the last 10 years of their life. Primarily because the wife's interest in healthy eating and exercise. So they arrived at the pearly gates and St. Peter escorted them 
to their beautiful palatial mansion. The husband was amazed at the size and extravagant features of the home. How much is this going to cost? He asked. St. <laughs> Peter replied, this isn't going to cost you anything. This is heaven. The husband and wife made their way to the backyard and they were excited to see a beautiful golf course. Every week the golf course changes to a different model from the most famous courses on earth. The man was once more overwhelmed with joy and asked again, how much is this going to cost? What are the green fees? Peter said, there are no green fees. This is all free. This is heaven. Then Peter escorted the couple to the dining room where there was a lavish buffet with cuisines from all over the world. <laughs> How much does it cost to eat here? The man asked hungrily. Peter once again said, it costs nothing. This is heaven. Please understand everything is free. The man looked around and said, wait a minute. Where's the low fat and low cholesterol foods? <laughs> Peter said, that's the good thing about heaven. You can eat anything you want and you'll never get fat. You'll never get sick. You'll never die. The man got angry, he threw his hat down, he started stomping on it. And Peter and the man's wife said, what's wrong with you? Calm down. The man looked at his wife and said, if it weren't for your brand muffins, I could have been here 10 years ago. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you for this day, for all of your love and grace and mercy. Thank you for it the love that you have for us. Thank you for allowing us to come together in this place, worship you together, and to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for every good thing that you have for every one of us. Help us not to miss anything that you have to do in this setting. Holy Spirit, Father, thy will be done in this place. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. Yes, thy will be done. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I was telling my wife this morning, I really struggled. I was talking to the Lord all week, busy as I've been, and not overwhelmingly more busy than ever before, but just the heat exacerbates everything yeah, I know <laughs> but I've been seeking the Lord and hearing the Lord and seeking him and yesterday I spent 10 hours because you know we could like I said I could just open this and start preaching but that's not my prayer is it my prayer is always never let it be me Lord let it be you and you know who will be there you know who will hear this message and tomorrow or in the future and let it always be you. So I, I take that very seriously. And I was still struggling to hear clearly, but you know, at a certain point, he just makes it clear just to, just to go with what you think, you think you know, what you think I want to say. And I'll, I'll, I'll make the course correction as we go, if need be. So. I'm always content that it's him. Amen. I wanted to ask you today. Uh, let's see. Yeah, they put it up there for me. I was really going to say, start off with a question. Can I get a witness? 
but some of you may not jump right on board with that. But by the time we're done here, maybe you will. Amen? Amen. See, Jesus, Jesus asked the question, who do, you, who do you say that I am? And it's important. It's important because who we say he is, who we know and believe that he is in our hearts, it has a great impact on who we say we are how we see ourselves and that impacts everything to do with the Christian life you know God loves you he's a giver he's the best giver he gave his best didn't he John 3 16 for God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him not perish have everlasting life. If we could just grasp the gravity of that, the reality of that, the best gift ever given, gave to you and to me, his son Jesus. Many receive this gift, thank God. We want everyone to receive it, don't we? I never met anyone that really really got it that didn't want everybody to have it. Amen. But there's something really wrong many times uh, in what should be the natural response to such an amazing gift. The church, the church at large lacks gratitude toward God um, this isn't you just learn from it you're being discipled here right here I believe there are a lot of ministers in this room sometimes it's sometimes it's for you and there's never anything wrong with hearing that we need to be more grateful and thankful to God but if you already are then just use this as a teaching tool to help you to instruct others. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. The church at large lacks gratitude. This is a fact. A life of thankfulness. A life spent trying to know him better. To know and get closer to the one who devised the plan. That's the Father. The one who died for us, that's Jesus Christ. And the one who was sent, who is here now with us, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, sent here to be a helper to us, to, to guide us through this life, to our final destination with our heavenly bridegroom. I say final because it'll be permanent that we're with him, but that won't be the final thing we do. You're not going to sit around on a cloud and play a harp. We're only here in this little class for a flicker. Eternity is a long time. Especially for all those who think they're going to go down in hell and have a big party. It's going to be canceled on account of fire. <laughs> you know, the 
You heard of the Trojan Wars? Or the Trojan War? Anybody know what the Trojan horse is? <laughs> if you ever had an infected computer, you probably <laughs> heard of that malware. Around 1200 years BC, there was a, the Trojan War. The Greek army wanted to invade the city of Troy and they had a, a fruitless siege on the city for 10 whole years. But the defenses were too strong. They couldn't penetrate it, they couldn't take it. So the Greek soldiers decided to trick the people inside of Troy into opening the gates. So they made this big, beautiful horse out of wood and they hid inside of it and then made an open they, they disguised it as a gift of peace and then they made an open display of, of sailing off in the middle of the day so they could everyone could see them leave well the people inside of Troy they, they fell for it they brought it inside the city and during the night the soldiers inside the horse got out and then they opened the gates from the inside for the army the Greek army who had returned it by cover of night and, and let them in. And they, they conquered Troy and won the war. <coughs> they thought they were, they thought they were getting something good. Only to be attacked by the soldiers who were hidden inside. Metaphorically, this Trojan horse has come to mean a, any, any trick or strategy that someone employs to cause a, a target to invite an enemy into a, a securely protected place. Is that a pretty good synopsis? Yeah. You know, we're in a cultural war. How many of you realize that? It's almost sort of rhetorical there. No doubt about this huge cultural war, but it's been going on for thousands of years. Only now that he has really turned up to a way that seems like it's not even real. <laughs> you just want to say, you're not really serious, are you? Most of the time we want to say that to people almost every day, but they are. They're serious. Jesus, through the cross for 2,000 years now, has provided a safe harbor, a secure fortress for everyone who accepts him as their Lord and Savior, accepts his perfect sacrifice and makes him their Lord and Savior. But the enemy is always constructing Trojan horses, so to speak. Yeah? yeah. Yes, yeah. I guess just to use a few examples, the war against us. Let's just use. Let's just go hit right between the eyes. Just like COVID. You see, it's like, whoa, back up, dude. You're going to get yourself in trouble. 
COVID, you know, COVID was a real thing, of course. Nobody ever said it wasn't a real thing. We know it killed a lot of people. I'm, weirdly enough, it killed a lot more people percentage-wise here than in other nations. You know what was the deception? The, the masks, the shutting down the economy, making everybody stay home. It was like a test run, you see? It was all about control. That's what it was about. Make no mistake, the enemy is preparing for, for things like that. You may see something like that again, and they'll even be better at it next time. They're studying how effective it was. But so are the people of God. Amen. The ones that are wising up. Gender identity. Again, some of you just want to crawl under the table and let's just skip over this one. <laughs> Who would think that you couldn't even speak without, you know, figuring, you know, it's like you have to have a, a, a code chart for all the pronouns, you know, yeah. to put a sentence together. Well, that's not really, I mean, that's always been a thing, you know, homosexuality, you know, it's, it's really, it's a sin. There's no doubt about that. God didn't make people like that. That's a demonic spirit. It can be toyed with in the flesh. And you sin just like the other sins you've committed in your life and things like that. I, I hope no one does that. But then when they entertain it too much, a spirit would move in, you see. And, and then it's full blown. You can see it. Hello. Yes. That's not God. God didn't do that. That's the fallen world that we live in. Satan's influence. Listen, having sex outside of marriage, even between a man and a woman, that's sin. Let's get that straight. Getting drunk is a sin. Hello. Amen. The truth doesn't change just because preachers want to Make sure they don't lose a tither. <laughs> but forgiveness and grace are real. God loves us. But that gender stuff and all this this all this craziness, it's about the family. It's about destroying the family. That's what Satan's after. He hates the family because that's where. That's where you learn about good moral character. That's who, that's who has the job, the father and the mother, of teaching that child, bringing them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. That's their job. Yes. Satan hates marriage because it's a picture of Christ and the church. Yes. 
It's the most powerful relationship in the world. The only thing more powerful is your personal relationship with God himself. You get a husband and wife in agreement, there's nothing they can't do. Satan hates it. That's why he makes Bill leave his socks on the floor. <laughs> Try to call the bitch. <laughs> I'm sure of it. I mentioned it twice now. I'm really sorry. I just know you can take it. That's why I mentioned it. Our words. And I'll move on. Just trying to make the point. The war on words. The First Amendment. They're after the Bible, folks. That's the goal of the word police. Not everybody that these words, Nazis and all. Not a, most of them don't even have a clue to what I'm talking about. They believe that people were created a certain way. They believe that we're the meanest, grossest country ever established. All these lies have been perpetuated and now people spend ten to $50,000 a year to send their kids off to make sure they don't return home with any faith if they got to school with it. I don't recommend it. Choose those schools wisely. If you love your child. Anyway. It's all a spiritual war. The cultural war is just a. Natural facade or cover. For the Trojan horse. On the spiritual war. You see. Here's the. Here's. and the, You ever heard the scripture. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. Well I don't know how far I'm going to get today. <laughs> far as the Lord wants. Amen. Amen. The little foxes that spoil the vine. I could explain that and it makes sense to you, but there's the, the one Trojan horse that seems to see all those other things. You're like, that's right. That's right. A Christian, you know, most of Christians, I mean, you're seeing divisions even in the church now. Mama would be saying, Big Daddy would be rolling over in his grave right now. He was a Methodist pastor, you see. And it breaks my heart for some of, some of those wonderful people. But, see, here's, the, here's this Trojan horse that's entered into the church. Just live and let live. Hey, just love. And we do, you see. No one ever, no proper Christian, you see, the only ones they magnify or churches you see on on the, the evening news are the crazy ones that aren't really churches <laughs> they have names i don't know but there's like one in florida there's some they're crazy you know they go out and they pick it you know i don't know who these people are but they're not they're not representative of the lord jesus or of the love of god i have a sister who's always lived that way she's 10 years older than me I love her. I talk to her all the time. I would protect her from anyone who tried to harm her. But I will never call evil good. I mean, I will love her and pray for her and protect her and treat her well as long as she lives. 
That's Christianity. But this live and let live, just be good to people and you'll be all right. That's the salvation that even a lot of Christians really believe in. Doesn't matter where they're born, what culture, what religion really, as long as they do it and they're good, then they're pretty okay, I think. I just happened to pick, grew up Christian, but all my Muslim and Hindu friends, you know, everybody's, they're nice, they're good people. You see, that's a Trojan horse. That's a lie. You ever heard of the great boxer, George Foreman? Some of you just eat his hamburgers. The grill, right? Buffalo burgers. But he, he, he was a great boxer, you know. Has a lot of kids, all named George or Georgina, I think, or something like that. That was kind of strange. But he's, a, he's an awesome man of God. But, you know, in 1977, because that's what he used to believe, that point I just made about, hey, man, all these people are good, you know, and try to, try to treat people de decent. And he, all, he always believed there was a God. But, you know, James, James says, you believe there's one God? Good. So does the devil and his demons, and they tremble. <clears throat> But that's what he thought. Just as long as people are, they try to treat people decent, then they're, they're fine. Until March the 17th, 1977, he had a fight down in Puerto Rico. And I don't even know the guy's name. It wasn't a particularly hard fight, his testimony. But it went the distance. He lost the decision. He was in his dressing room, cooling down. There's a cooling down process for or athletes like that. And uh, and he just knew he was dying. And he had a death experience. And he said he was snatched out of his body. And he saw hell. Like a vast sea of people. Larger than, like, you look at out on the ocean, you can't see. You know, as far as you can see, he said it was just this hell. Just, just death. And he said all, all that... Uh, all that he had, he, he trusted in like he real estate and this and that, and he and uh, he said all that he had, he just saw it like like you light a piece of paper with a match, and then it just you see it stand up for a minute after it burns, and then it just crumbles. He said everything he had just crumbled behind him, couldn't even say bye to his mother or anything like that. And he said that's all right, I'm dying, I, I'm dying uh, for God. In his mind, he's thinking he's going through this in, in this experience. Because he always believed in a higher power. Well, that was his testimony. As, he said, as long as you treat people well, you'll be all right. And then he saw when he was dying, he saw all kind of people and, and religions in, in hell. And he said, everything he valued was just burned up. And God said, I don't want anything you have. I want you. It was Jesus he saw that day. Because he said, I don't want to die. <laughs> he told him, I don't want to die. I can still box. And he said, I don't care what you can do. I don't care what you have. I want you. 
and all that. And then he, he started coming back into his body. He was on a table. He had eight men around him. And he said he, he had to, he started telling them, you know, he said, because there was blood coming out of the, where the, from where the thorns on Jesus' head were, from his wrist and from his feet, everywhere that Jesus bled on the cross, he was, he, he had blood and he was fighting, he had to fight eight men to get to the shower because the last thing you would do is put a, a, a hot athlete into a cold shower, but he had to get in there and he got in there into the water and he started saying words that he didn't know before. I, he started saying hallelujah <laughs> and things like that. And then he started praying in tongues. Didn't even know what that was. Started praying in other languages. And he said, he said I never would have believed in Jesus. I, I, I'd already decided I was never going to go for that. But when he woke up, he started screaming, Jesus. Jesus Christ is alive. He's alive. Amen. He saw the glory of God. And he knew that Jesus was the living God. And ever since then, he's been telling people about his experience, his testimony. He tells them, whatever you think you knew or think you know about God, you better stop whatever you're doing and give your life to Jesus Christ. I've seen this man do this for most of my adult life. I remember when I, when I was a kid and he wasn't saved. He wasn't a very good man. But he became a, an amazing man of God. And he's never stopped since that day telling everybody about Jesus. He said, I used to go all around the world and exalt George Foreman. He said, from that day on, I exalt only Jesus Christ. Amen. He found out it's either all about Jesus or it's all about nothing. But what if he didn't? What if he didn't go and tell people after he had that experience? He'd, that'd be pretty stupid, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, John Wayne, he said, life is hard. It's harder if you're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not being unkind. You can be uninformed and not be stupid. Huh? I'm always looking at Bill because I like him so much. <laughs> I'm impressed that a great drummer like that could go to MIT and have a degree. But he obviously has some education that most of us don't. You know, probably a couple in here with that kind of brain that I know of. Maybe more of you, but we could be taught, you know. We're not stupid. We're just uninformed about the things that they've learned or studied or sought out, you know. But to know the truth, this Bible is the truth. Amen. And not walk in the light of that truth, not to act upon what you have learned from the truth, about the truth, of the truth. That's stupid. 
I don't care if it's me or you or anybody else. That's the point. And I'm not trying to call anybody stupid. I pray that every one of you are applying everything that you hear and learn and letting it help you because that's what it's for. That's what it's for. We hear week after week God's goodness, God's love, God's perfect provision, God's promises, God's plan. But it never fails. There are some people who just act like, well, they act like they never heard it or they just act like there's, there's something more. Recently, that's, that's, <laughs> that's been the case. Always wanting, always looking for something more. A goose bump, a lightning bolt, a booming voice from heaven. And listen, I'm all about supernatural manifestations of God's power in our midst. And we will have it. Amen. And His will. Bring it on, dear precious Holy Spirit. Amen. All we can handle. Amen. In Jesus' name. But I believe that Jesus is saying to us today, you're not waiting on me, I'm waiting on you. Amen. I'm waiting on you to believe the simplicity of the gospel. I believe that's what he's saying. He's saying, I have shown you that I'm real. I have shown you that my word is true. I have shown you that my provision and love are real. Now just believe. Luke chapter 16. I was just in Luke. I just got sort of stuck in Luke. Not stuck, but just I was just settled in Luke. 16th chapter I'm just going to start reading in the 19th verse <clears throat> there was a rich man Luke 16 starting in the 19th verse there was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and was who feasted sumptuously every day and at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus covered with sores who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side, or bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that you in your lifetime received good things and Lazarus in like manner bad things, but now he's comforted here and you're in anguish. And besides all this, between us and you is a great chasm have been fixed in, in order that those who would, who would pass from here to you may not be able and none may cross from there to us and he said then I beg you father to send him to my father's house 
for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to them, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they can be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. Moses, by the way, he's referring to the first five books of the Bible. The Pentateuch and the prophets of the old covenant. So he's saying they have the word of God. He's saying, no, send somebody, send somebody to warn them, then they'll believe. He said, if they don't believe this word, they're not going to believe anything else, supernatural or not. And that's the truth, folks. I know people that run around from seminar to 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 meeting after meeting and chase after one ministry gift or another and thank God that he has put those ministry gifts in the body of Christ. You know, God loves everybody. <laughs> thank God he gives somebody healing ministry. A brand new Christian baby in the faith comes in with, with full-blown cancer. He, he doesn't know anything about healing. How to receive healing. He may not know how to pray and believe for healing. There's a gift God put in the body that can handle that. You see what I'm saying? God's just good like that. But if but God doesn't want you chasing around after manifestation after manifestation. Now revival, we all want revival. We're all looking for the third great awakening. And I believe we are in the in the beginning phases of it. It doesn't matter what I believe. We'll see in time. But I'm just, I'd rather be like the two spies instead of the other ten. I want to be like Joshua and Caleb. Amen? Amen. Yeah, the giants in the land are big, but so are the grapes. Amen. And we've got God with us. I've seen people saying they were just looking for revival. Just looking for manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Looking for what they say God will never do in our midst. Not with those people. I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings. I had to listen to it in my own home. Not for long. That was about the last thing I heard. Because that's a lie. You see, people sometimes they're looking for more. They're looking for more. I told you that time I preached to a full congregation in a church I'd never been to as a young minister. And there was about, I don't know, 50 preachers and the rest of the congregation and all there, you know. And they all fell out under the power of the Spirit on the ground and were crying and weeping and just experiencing the joy of the Lord. But there was one preacher who was just sitting there. 
looking at me like that. He missed God. Because I had said one thing that he wanted, he couldn't wait to correct me about from the Bible. I think God does that sometimes. I've heard of other people experiencing wonderful things in settings like that, and there was a couple that said, I didn't see anything. God does that so that you'll know that it wasn't a natural manifestation. Does that make sense? Yes. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for this place that we have to come and worship you. We're thankful, Lord. We're thankful. But anyway, I, I, I don't know if I got off onto that. I, but sometimes people are looking for God to manifest himself when he's been manifesting himself to them the whole time. And I'm saying this by the Spirit in love. God was manifesting himself to the whole time. You can't tell God how to do what he's going to do or when to do it. He doesn't feel compelled to impress us when we're in pride, when we are in judgment of others, when we have bitterness and unforgiveness in our hearts. Look back at Luke chapter 17 again. Go with me today? Yep. Look at... Twentieth verse, Luke chapter seventeen. Jesus had just healed somebody, and so of course it made the religious people mad. <laughs> so crazy. Being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus answered them, "The kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed, nor will they say, look." Here it is, there. For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you, or within you. Now, this doesn't mean that God does not manifest himself in the presence of believers. It happens all the time, believe me. But what Jesus is saying is he's not, God not trying to impress you, to prove himself to you. He created you. And besides that, the kingdom of God is within us. You want it to manifest, let it manifest. <laughs> That's what God is waiting on. We've learned recently, and then over and over again, but recent, most recently, just if you listen to just some of the messages, just a few in a row, <laughs> you've learned that we have received spiritual, eternal life in Christ, if you have received Jesus. That right there 
is enough to keep you shouting and glorifying God for the rest of your days. We have received healing. We have received prosperity. Eternal life, healing, prosperity, all part of the children's bread. I think I proved that through scripture. I showed you, you were all touched and moved by it. You were here. But did you make it your own? Did you think about it all week long? Did you look at those scriptures and underline them and circle them and put them on your refrigerator and keep saying them to yourself and saying them when you looked in the mirror until it become revelation to you? I'm not picking on anybody, but I'm telling you that's how you make it your own. That's how a good message doesn't stay in the church when you leave and you've forgotten it by the time you, you get home from lunch. You have to do that on purpose. You have to make it your own. This word will bring about effortless change if enough of this seed is sown into you just sitting in the midst. Some of it, you know, I got 184 acres. Half of it I got cattle on. The other half I, sow, I, I plant wheat in. I've got a gigantic tractor. My nephew drives around. He, he tills that soil back and forth until it's soft and gets deep enough to receive that seed. You know, it has to be plowed ground up. But you could just go out there with a truck, get some kids on the back with bags of seed and just throw handfuls of seed like that. You're going to, you know what, we'll still get a little bit of wheat. I wouldn't try to harvest it and make any money off of it because it's not going to be nearly enough. See what I'm saying? And there's going to be a lot more weeds in there. I hope this is getting through. <laughs> but Jesus has already forgiven you. You are forgiven. How many, how many of those still walk in guilt and condemnation? I know y'all better than y'all think I do. Most of you. All of you. I love you. He's already prospered you. Amen. You're already healed. Amen. Don't wait till you see it or feel it. Just believe it. Amen. Mark eleven twenty four. When you pray, Jesus said, "Believe you have what you pray for." When you pray. And then you shall have it. Amen. Seed, time, harvest. If my nephew spends all those days on the tractor sowing that field, 
And then it goes right back and says, well, I'm just going to make a pass and just churn it all up to see if it's growing. <laughs> Silly, right? Is that, that might even be stupid. Because <laughs> he knows better. So do we, though. To say we're standing in faith, by Jesus stripes, I am healed. Lying symptoms, you get out of this body. Pain, get out. Whatever's causing that pain. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, get out of this body and stay gone. Stay away from everything attached to me, everything in my life and everyone. The body, I command you to respond to the word of God. Be restored, made whole. By Jesus' stripes, you were healed. You are healthy. You are strong. From the crown of your head to the soles of your feet, I am blessed, healthy, and strong. Amen. All right. I just spoke. I just prayed the prayer of faith. Now... If the phone rings and I pick it up and they say, how you doing? Oh, well, I feel like crap today. <laughs> this old thing just bothered me. I don't know what it is. I'm going to go to the doctor tomorrow. You just dug up your seed. Yep. I'm just trying to give you practical examples. We all do it to some extent. Maybe not that drastic or that quick, but absolutely. We don't even realize it. We'll even have a long conversation telling about how terrible things are. And then at the end say, but I'm believing God. <laughs> no, you're not. Listen, I've had two major, major surgeries. I thank God that he healed me and brought me through it. But I had to have the surgeries instead of getting it the way that I know was available to me. Has it changed my mind? And God doesn't love me any less. He wants me well. He, there's no bad way to get healed. Huh, buddy? Amen. 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 We've had to do what we've had to do sometimes. But I'm telling you, we're living way below our inheritance. Way below. Everybody. Everybody in this world. Everybody in this world that knows Jesus Christ is living way below their inheritance. I can tell you that right now. That's going to be some of the tears that he wipes away when we see him. I believe that. Because we could have had so much more life and shared his life with so many others. And that will make us sad. I believe some of the tears will be his own. Because his worst day is still yet to come. When he has to judge all those who would not receive him. It's settled. His father has already commanded that, you see. But he's not looking forward to it. But he needs your help. He needs your help. You don't think he does? He does. When he sat down, he was finished. He gave his authority to us. But don't ever let anybody tell you that God will not move in your midst. Ooh. Anybody familiar with the great Charles Spurgeon? He's been gone for 
maybe 100 years, I don't know when. He wasn't, he wasn't as uh, big a, uh, of a grace preacher as me. <laughs> a little tougher. But I love something he said. He said, because I've always, this is, this is where my heart is. He said, give me great sinners to make great saints. They are glorious raw material for grace to work. And when you do get them saved, they will shake the very gates of hell. Yeah, times can be hard. I know. The enemy didn't leave town when you got saved, did he? No. What's it say in Psalm 23? Where does Jesus prepare the table for you? In the presence of your enemies. Yeah. They're there. So what? They have no authority over you except what you give them. Stop focusing on the enemy. Stop focusing on your lack. Stop focusing on the problem. Start focusing on the table. What's on the table? The children's bread. Eternal life. Love. Liberty. Love. Joy. Peace. Patience. Kindness. Goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. Self-control. Healing. Prosperity. Eternal life. Relationship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Press on through the hard times. Press on when all you've done to stand, stand therefore. You know why? Because there's a promise. There are times of refreshing coming. If you know Jesus, and the more experience you have trusting in the Lord and the more bad times you go through trusting in Him, you know that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I've seen it every time. Amen. Send me to an operating room. People are going to get saved when I come up out of anesthesia. Revival almost broke out over here last time. You ask my wife about it. You got to see yourself. You know, refreshing is coming. Trust in that. Always just see that. See past the problem. Look past like Jesus. Look past the cross because he saw the good to come. He saw the family he was gaining by it. That's why he was able to endure it because of his love for you. All the R's are coming. You have to go tell people about Jesus. Just like Peter did on the day of Pentecost. Repent. This means change your mind. If you thought, well, okay, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. If you, as long as you're a good person, you try to be good to people, you're going to be okay. If that's what you thought, repent. Just means change your mind. Agree with Jesus. Agree with God. God did not send Jesus to die like that, to be one of the ways to heaven. 
He's the way, the truth, and the life. There's no forgiveness without repentance. You have to change your mind about him being just one of the ways. Isn't that fair? Yes. Repent all the art. Repentance, refreshing, revelation, and then his return. Restoration, return. Repentance, refreshing, restoration, revelation, return. Huh? That's the way I do it. Never mind. That's another message. Let me just finish because I didn't get really started. But you need to see yourself as Jesus sees you, as the Father sees you. You're a new person in Christ. You're forgiven. You're redeemed. You're loved. You're powerful over all the works of the devil. Whether you know it or not, whether you feel it or not, you have to believe God when he says that you are. Start somewhere. You're a creative being. Your father created everything you see or have ever seen with words, his words, and he created you in his likeness. You're a creative being. Your words mean something. You are blessed. You are an ambassador here in this world for Christ Jesus. He has spiritual laws at work for your, on your behalf, for your benefit. Sowing reaping is a real thing. Regarding everything, <laughs> people gossip, people complain, people hold unforgiveness and never sow into the kingdom of God. And then they wonder why God isn't blessing them in every way, in their relationships, in their finances. Well, I'm not going to call you anything, yes. silly. <laughs> used to teach martial arts and we used to tell them hey you didn't know before now you do if you don't use what you've been taught when it's time to use it then shame on your brain we used to say <laughs> it's sort of like that <laughs> I didn't know God at the time but it applies Wonder why God does not bless us in every way. Well, He already has, hasn't He? Yes. But when we go around as quickly as He can open a door and we open every window for the devil to come in and think it doesn't matter because you have some immediate gratification of the flesh and don't believe that there's a spiritual harvest coming. That's just unbelief. God's word is true. His promises are true. His spiritual laws are for you. But if you're in rebellion or unbelief, they can and will work against you. No fault of God. He's not sitting up there doing a case-by-case 
assessment. It's just a law that he put in place thinking that once you learned it, you would participate and cooperate with him so that it would benefit you. further I'm going to take longer and I think that's I think I think we need to let that meditate on that amen, amen. you know you believe this message is from God yes. you don't think he's getting on to you do you? he loves you that's why he tells us I mean most of this stuff, you should be going, praise God. I'm already on board with that. I'm already doing that. It's, it's, you can do that with God. <laughs> he says, that's okay. Just don't brag about it to other people. And then other things, maybe I'm, you know, okay. And honestly, Lord, I'm, I'm not quite there yet. I don't know if I, you know, it's not that I'm going to, Trying to rebel against you. I just don't know if I, I see that the same or believe that. Show me. Show me the truth. All I want is the real truth. The real Jesus. That's what my book's called. The real Jesus. How I came to know him and you can too. Because there's a lot of posers out there. And a lot of people confessing Jesus but not possessing Jesus. Bless them all. I pray everybody gets on the same spiritual page of truth, love, understanding, revelation in the Holy Ghost. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love, your instruction, and your guidance. Thank you for always helping us to receive from you what what it is that we need. You know what we need before we even ask, but thank you that we remember to ask and to be thankful, to live a, a thankful life of gratitude in our hearts, knowing that you have done so much for us and you love us so much and that we never need to run from you, but just towards you. you. You already know everything about us and you love us anyway. Thank you. But thank you for growing us up in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Helping us to mature, Lord, so that we will be helped and protected by all that you have in place for our benefit. Not to harm us, not to withhold anything good from us, but to give us more of the real good stuff that you have. And not the counterfeits of the world. Help us to see that, to know it, to believe it, and embrace it so that we can go help others to receive that same help we've received from you. We love you, Lord. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's have a
before we leave, so. Hallelujah.